I am here with Noun40 to talk all things Noun's Fork, financialization of culture, how culture interacts with financialized spaces, all of the things. Um, I'm so excited to have you on the pod. Excited to be here. It's an exciting time for Nouns. Yes. And um, hopefully this episode will come out pretty close to when all of these things are happening. Um, but before we dive into nouns and the fork and all of that, maybe you can give a little bit of context on you and how you ended up in this in this place of being involved in the nouns ecosystem. Uh, the way that I'm involved in crypto more broadly is that I'm a CTO and co-founder at a firm called Bitwise. Uh, it's an asset management firm more um, catering to the TradFi audience that wants access to crypto. So we create products that people can buy in their normal brokerage accounts, like their Schwab or Fidelity accounts, et cetera. Um, uh, so I've been working on that for the past seven years. So that's my my uh, main job uh, and, and how I spend my days. But now this is something that I got very interested in um, two years ago, around the start of the project. Um, and I think at the time I was, um, I think a lot of people in Ethereum were kind of feeling the same way, but broadly kind of like a public network is born um, and then at the beginning, especially because Ethereum had kind of crowdfunding and had a lot of um, ETH to, to, to spend in public, kind of the, the foundation took care about, a lot about public good funding. But, but, but I think everyone is kind of staring down at the eventuality of that not continuing to be the case. And we don't have any governments that collect taxes and build all the roads. Um, so ultimately, we need to figure out alternate sources of funding for public goods for kind of the... Ethereum, the network, to survive uh, without it becoming um, uh, kind of a dystopia. And so I think a lot of attempts uh, were kind of starting at that time. Um, optimism would stop retroactive funding, Gitcoin, uh, and all these things were um, very much of interest to me. But then Nouns was like a totally different vector at that that really got at my imagination, which is like, couldn't we use kind of, um, couldn't it be more bottoms up from a, from a community that, that kind of creates uh, a brand around a set of public goods that it builds and maintains, and then that fund the public goods? So, so like, like, in a way, if you think about what something that is like completely net new about NFTs, is that it allows you to have value capture on things that don't have cash flow. Um, because the, the, the problem, because it allows you to, kind of capture the provenance value of things. So there's like this net new capability here um, uh, with NFTs that it allows you to capture um, uh, some sort of value on things that you give out for free. Like the Doge meme, like that photo is, is, a, is, a, is a photo, is a public good given out, everyone can use it for free. But, but the person who took that photo originally uh, uh, sold that NFT for millions of dollars and so that type of like public goods value capture was like a net new thing that was possible. And like from that vantage point, kind of, um, uh, I, I was toying around in my mind about like, couldn't we use these things to fund public goods more seriously? And there were attempts that were happening, like the the um, like the protocol guild, um, etc., were like selling NFTs and such. But those felt more like kind of donation drives or like selling like merch or something rather than actually the, the meme, like some sort of the NFT itself having its own economic engine. And Nouns was kind of like this, this an experiment in that. Like, could we actually 
um, uh, build a treasury, have governance, and then it actually like build a meta brand. And that brand kind of has its own economic um, energy and then kind of scalably funds public goods. So like, could, 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 a, could a body of public goods have its own economic energy rather than depending upon donations like, like Bitcoin or kind of the a percentage of a revenue of an entirely different business like Optimism? Like, could that be a path forward was a thing that um, captured uh, the imagination? And uh, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since. I'm curious. I mean, I, I think this is fascinating in the context of, you know, a lot of this conversation, which we'll get into around the fork and what it looks like to have like value returned to NFT holders, if that's even a thing. And it feels like part of what you're capturing here is that um, basically NFTs like nouns don't need to return dividends in, in some way, or at least not in cash effectively or ETH or whatever it ends up, you know, being. Yeah. Um which I think is an assumption that I would be curious if you think a lot of other people in the nouns ecosystem and even around it hold. Because um, that feels like, a, you know, if some people are going into the ecosystem with with your perspective in mind and then others are going in going, ooh, I'm going to buy a noun or I'm going to hold a noun or build around nouns because I think that this will this will um, basically go up, <laughs> up only type of thing. That's a very different yeah, 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 perspective. Yes. So there's, there's a lot to, to kind of of nuance in, in, in what you're asking here. So let's try to kind of dive into it. So dividends, like explicitly, like some sort of distribution of ETH back uh, is, I think most people would not have, have agreed to that. Or like, I think all kind of sides of the political spectrum within nouns doesn't really think that like making it exactly into an equity uh, is like what we're looking to do here. Um, uh, and I think on the other end, I think everyone is aligned on making it more valuable. Uh, even if you don't, if you're not looking, even if you're thinking like uh, uh, about the, let's say, funding public goods and, and kind of increasing the production of that, the auction revenue is ultimately the input that kind of funds the output. So if that input bandwidth goes up, then, then more is happening. So, so, so even just from that perspective of like not wanting, not thinking about ultimately at some point you're going to sell this NFT, but rather just wanting this economy or the society to grow, even from that perspective, the, the NFT to become more valuable is, is also a goal. So I think uh, kind of on the one end, I think nobody is looking for dividends. And then the other end, I think everyone is, is agreed on making it more valuable. But the devil is kind of in in the details, like the the, the and I, I think probably um, uh, the most important difference uh, that kind of defines the two camps within nouns um, that is maybe kind of like the two parties uh, is around: is it going to be more valuable by the treasury growing? So even if you can't take it out, if the treasury grows, then uh, basically, if you have some sort of like cash flow back to the treasury, you fund things, let's say uh, a T-shirt store, and then the, you provide some seed funding, and then they're a very successful T-shirt store, and then they, they return 10% of the revenue or something, and then it's cash flow for the DAO. Uh, or um, you can do the same for a movie. You can, you can do all sorts of um, kind of that type of like the viewpoint that, that we're doing some sort of um, like seed funding for for-profit ventures that then return some some of that cash flow back to the treasury. Treasury grows even if you don't pull it, pull the treasury directly like dividends. Ultimately, everyone knows that a growing treasury is a sign of growth, and then the value of the NFTs uh, will go up. Um, is like one way of thinking about this. 
And I think that's kind of the more um, traditionally financially minded folks uh, kind of tend to think in that direction. And, and uh, that's a direction that is a little bit more thinking about nouns, a little bit more akin to a business or akin to like a venture fund, et cetera. The other side is um, believes that like ultimately what we're saying, what we're selling we, um, is our signature. So, so, so what, I, what I mean by that is like nouns art is CCO. Anyone can do anything with it. Uh, uh, the same way that anyone can do anything with the Doge photo. But there's only one copy of the Doge photo signed by the person who took that photo. And in a similar way, nouns art is everywhere, but the, the nouns art that has the nouns DAO's signature on it, we only sell one a day. And so is that signature, is that signed copy going to be worth anything? And, 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 and how does a signature come to be worth anything in the first place? Like, why, you know, would, would Ed Sheeran's um, signature be worth something more than somebody on the street? Um, or, or Obama's? Or, like, like ultimately, uh, we're, we're striving for some sort of cultural significance um, and uh, legitimacy. And, and how, and kind of the, the specific vector in which most nouns people that think in this direction think is that how we get there is by creating kind of a body of public goods that the people would be wowed by. Look at things that people use every day, the things that kind of define the substrate of the on-chain society that we live in. And if uh, people are confronted with that, then, then they would um, uh, come to kind of look at the signature with gravitas. And then the signed copies become worth something, and then and then you grow the, the kind of um, the, the value of the NFTs that way. And this way is a little bit more radical. I, I mean, I admit, it, I, I think I think for more people, it requires more leaps of faith or like kind of like um, actually believing that that NFTs can be worth something. Um, and and I think that's partly the divide. A lot of people don't believe NFTs are worth something. Like most people are baffled by the fact that CryptoPunks or Bored Apes or, 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 uh, are worth anything. I mean, I mean, to some extent, like, uh, uh, more centralized, like, kind of managed NFTs, you can believe that the team is going to do something with their venture funding and, like, the kind of some amount of IP that they still hold and control, et cetera. But, like, how do... Um, but the CryptoPunks side of things is, like... Anyways, so, so, I, so I, I think it is at times... If, if you have not made the leap to believe that CryptoPunks uh, are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and they are actually worth that. Like art can be valuable, like um, signatures can be valuable. There can be million copies of CryptoPunks, but the ones signed by Larva Labs is, is the genuine copy, which has value. If you, don't, if you have not made that leap, then this whole camps, I, this whole kind of side of the argument about like you can make the NFTs valuable by making the signature valuable, Sounds like a crazy talk. So that that's kind of where the main difference um, lies, and I think probably where the whole fork conversation really begins. Yeah. So it feels like at the core of this, just to sort of parrot that back, is basically this idea that like there are kind of, and I'm sure there's nuances in between, but there are sort of two different philosophies within the nouns ecosystem. One of them being that value comes from 
in some ways growing the treasury or or some like I would say more trad version of accounting where it's like we need some mechanism for money to come in and we need to be making money in order for and and the treasury needs to be growing um, at least at the rate that nouns are also being distributed, which is one per day, such that you have something that looks like a, a traditional business to some degree where like it, it makes sense based on today's models. The flip right. side of that and the other sort of faction is this idea that, no, actually, um, there is this sort of new type of Internet native value that has come to exist that also exists in other areas like, to your point, um, large IP holders, brands, um, stars like, you know, Ed Sheeran or I, I don't know if you'd call Obama a star, but, you know, people like that who have large personal brands where um, they're sort of signature or blessing or authenticity or um, engagement in some thing um, is actually inherently valuable. And so the noun sort of stamp of official involvement or approval, um, which is effectively done via the individual NFT itself in that auction, um, is actually worth something. And so actually that starts to represent value, basically a share of the entire meme, even though there's not a single dollar value on that explicitly, it's more about buying into and holding some part of this broader ecosystem. Does that feel fair? Yeah, I think that feels fair. Um, okay, and cool. I, I think some people kind of um, use the word provenance to, to, to kind of describe um, uh, the the other side of the value here. Uh, some people say meme value, um, uh, kind of distinct from book value, which is around like some share of treasury, but rather some share of the meme. Like some share of the the um, kind of the provenance of the brand uh, is which of the two you, you mainly see the the value of the NFTs being driven by uh, is a pretty big um, divide. Yeah, so I, I feel like for the book value side, which is again to your point, like my noun is worth. The treasury divided by the number of nouns at minimum. Let's say that that's your approach. That feels like very clear cut and dry. Before we get into the fork stuff, I, I would love to dive a little bit into this meme value. And like, it seems like you skew personally, maybe this is wrong, but a little bit more or at least to some degree understand and maybe appreciate the meme value side. I'm curious for you personally, um, like what gives that value what feels important there to you and valuable there to you what justifies that value basically yeah um i'm 100 on the meme value camp of things uh even though i absolutely kind of understand the book value side of the argument and like uh understand that that that's some part of your thinking has to kind of um recognize uh uh those types of forces as well but but yeah, why am I on the mean value the camp of, of things? It's because this is the main net new thing to explore here. Like, I think about nouns as an experiment. Like, yes, it's a, in the grand scheme of things, like a $50 million treasury is not the most precious thing in the world. Like, the more precious thing is our time and attention. And, and if we're going to be spending all this time and attention, um, then we should actually be exploring something genuinely new and potentially game-changing. And, like, yes, maybe we can use NFTs to, like, 
run a traditional IP brand a little bit more whatever internet style and like it can be marginally better. Um, uh, that, that's kind of the approach that I think a lot of traditional brands are taking with NFTs. Like Nike is selling NFTs, like Dolce & Gabbana is selling like. Yes, maybe there's something there that we can like do and like it can be marginally better than, than the existing brands and like et cetera, et cetera. But that's not that exciting to me or like rather if that's what we're doing, I don't know, maybe someone raise a venture round and like get it done. But the thing that I'm fundamentally much more interested in is like, can we get to something uh, really net new here? And the net new thing is that meme value could not be captured before. <clears throat> Let's say there's the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, the Golden Gate Bridge is not only just a bridge that people drive over, it is also a meme. It is an internationally recognized brand. My mom that lives in South Korea knows the Golden Gate Bridge. My cousins that travel from South Korea to visit San Francisco want to go see the Golden Gate Bridge. It is, it is, it is a brand, but, but that brand value historically has not been able to be captured before. So we couldn't use the value capture of the, of the meme value of public goods, which they actually have. We just haven't been able to capture that to actually go back to use it to fund the both public goods. But maybe, maybe, crazy, crazy idea, maybe we could. And if we could, then it could be a completely different alternate source of funding for these public goods uh, uh, that, that are so integral to our world. Um, and uh, so that's like why um, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's such an interesting and important question to me. And like now this is mainly this experiment from my perspective. Like we, and we should run the experiment. We shouldn't like kind of um, it, like, like in some ways being the middle ground is the worst. Like not, not leaning into one or the other. Uh, but rather kind of doing some sort of compromised version that like, like cons uh, people that would resonate with either side of the direction, both hate is the worst. <laughs> and to some extent, I think the fork is trying to resolve that um, uh, and, and trying, trying to kind of make a decision uh, about what this thing uh, can be. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So, and I want to get into the fork stuff, but it feels like then for you personally, the value of this, of the the reason that the meme value is interesting and exciting is that it means that you are part of an experiment in exploring how can we reorient ourselves around not just the funding of public goods but also the ownership of them and like basically playing with this idea of what does it look like to to shift how we build and own and proliferate memes of that, that are associated with public goods. Um, and so being part of that yeah, experiment yeah. basically is the meme value and, and, and participating in it. Yeah, yes. And, and the value capture of public goods, which almost sounds like a paradox, but um, because public goods, by definition, does not limit access. Uh, so it does not charge fees or like charges only nominal fees uh, because uh, if, if it did start charging, then it's no longer public goods. You want maximal access uh, uh, to everyone uh, uh, that, that they want to consume it. Uh, so then historically, we just accepted that means that there can be no value capture directly by for public goods. And they have to have alternate sources of funding, whether that's donations or the, or the government tax money, et cetera. Like some other body creates economic energy that, that goes into the input of creating that thing. 
so we kind of accepted that value capture directly by the public good itself is not a thing. But uh, uh, the question here is like, can it be a thing? Um, and, and, and kind of value capture of the public good by the public good itself directly um, is a really interesting question because it solves a lot of like the um, um, broader kind of political uh, issues with with funding public goods, where like if another um, um, uh, if, if public goods kind of has uh, uh, like like something that is good about the market, like what is good about the market <clears throat> uh, uh, of private goods is, is that the market just figures out what people's needs and then makes more of them, and and if uh, and the the good direct the people that make the thing that more people want directly get the funding to then continue to make more of the thing. Um, but that doesn't quite work as well in that kind of um, uh, no cooperation or coordination needed kind of decentralized way. Like a market is a, a pretty like decentralized system, um, but that doesn't really work for public goods stuff because they don't have their own economic energies. And ultimately, we have to kind of then uh, 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 forcefully or some sort of other mechanism get the funding and then some political process decides how, how they're, they're, they're funded. But, but in this alternate world, if public goods could have value capture directly, then we could have a bit more of a market economy style allocation of resources for public goods. And, um, uh, and, and, and Nouns is like uh, figuring out um, if you can kind of create um, uh, a branded collection of public goods could have its own energy. But, but still, as a whole, if you think about all public goods announced funds as kind of a, a bundle, then that bundle has its own economic energy that it's not relying upon anyone on. Uh, uh, if people just believe that that bundle is worth something, then the people could buy the NFTs. And if people don't, then they won't. And, and like the market determines whether this set of public goods uh, deserve to exist rather than whether like the Ethereum Foundation decides that this is worth funding or the San Francisco city government decides whether it's deserves funding. And that is like a really interesting kind of a completely new way that the world could orient itself around um, uh, for this very important matter. And, and like, kind of basically, this is a category of, of, of goods in which we've accepted that market, there's market failure and markets can't address it. And, like, uh, uh, and we're just going to address it politically and like all the inefficiencies that come with that, we're just going to live with that. Um, uh, and, and I think crypto not having the government, I think, actually forces us to think about completely new ways. And I think this is kind of um, one of them. Yeah. So, the, the, yeah, uh, yes. Yeah. Sorry, I said I, a lot of things. No, but, no, no, you're good. Uh, yeah. Subject, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. I want to get into, I, I want to get into the fork because it feels like to some degree, you know, to your point around having sort of two different like versions of nouns, one being, these people who who are sort of going with book value and then one being these people who are thinking about meme value probably also changes what gets funded in the sense that you can be more, I'll, I'll say this in air quotes, but like pure in your public goods instead of needing to, to have this weird, to your point, like middle ground where you have like, okay, well, we want to provide, um, we want to create branded public goods and we want to make sure that we're increasing the value of the treasury. Like there are all these weird nuances. But before we even get into that, Maybe you can give some context on the fork itself. So it seems like there was a V3 upgrade that also came with this forking functionality that Verbs worked on. Um, maybe you can give some context there and then some context around like how this fork actually even started. Yeah, so the fork mechanism uh, is a mechanism that we added 
um, with a V3 upgrade that allows, if a threshold is met, the threshold can be set, currently it's set as 20%. If a threshold is met by people escrowing their nouns um, into a contract, and if 20% threshold is met, then a fork uh, period begins, a seven-day fork period, and during that time, more people can join that fork, and ultimately, at the end of that, the amount of nouns um, that, that joined the fork gets their proportional share of the treasury and uh, has, a, has a new DAO, all the whole kind of like set of contracts that, that are related to an, a nounish DAO are created. And basically, two DAOs um, fork, uh, a single DAO forks into two. That's the mechanism. Um, and how did it begin? Um, <clears throat> I think like a lot of people associate fork as just another form of rage quit and like think that um, the rage quit was the reason that like we added this mechanism. Um, uh, and I think that kind of lacks a little bit of historical context on, on, on this because most of the noise and attention began very lately. But this is actually a conversation that started um, much earlier. <clears throat> so like... Rage could has been a conversation with Nouns for a long time, and, and it, it is worth thinking about for a second. Um, uh, like, the question that you should ask yourself is, like, does an individual member, let's say they hold one Noun, are they entitled to some portion of Treasury that they should be able to pull out at any time? Like, is that something that you believe uh, is part of the social contract of Nouns? Um... Because there, there are some forms of things that, that allow you to do that. Like if you provide liquidity to Uniswap, then you're allowed to pull it any time. But, but if you make a donation to a foundation or make an investment in a company, you're not allowed to pull it out any time. You're not like, you don't have like some deposit that you can withdraw at any time. That's not the, uh, the, the social contract that, that those institutions or protocols embed. So, that, so a lot of situations where still people get some sort of... Uh, uh, a governance power, voting power. Let's say you get you get a seat in, in a foundation, or you get you get some shares in a corporate treasury, or um, uh, etc. Et Even when you have governance power, does that always mean that you're entitled for a at will withdrawal of some portion of a thing that you put in? So some people, like I think, are are really um, uh, uh, kind of just come from that perspective of like not having rage quit is like some sort of like wrong like uh, kind of. A, a, a human rights violations or something. And uh, uh, for that reason, absolutely, there should be rage quit and, if, if, and, 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 and an extension fork, et cetera. I think we've had that conversation that from the beginning of nouns for like over a year, and conclusively the answer was no. Like, like the overwhelming majority did not believe that that was what this was about. And that was the reason rage quit was not added uh, for a long time, even though the market was going down uh, and... And we've been in this position of the auction price being below the book value for a while. And, and, and so there, there has been a lot of those voices. But for like close to two years uh, or, or a year and a half, we, 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 that was just not acted upon because that was not what the, uh, the overwhelming majority of people uh, in, in, in the DAO believed what the social contract was. We, it, it, you, you gave money to an internet art project, and the internet art project is doing things with it. You might be unhappy with what, what it's doing, but like getting your money back was never part of the social contract, is what I think most people believed and agreed to. So then if rage quit or satisfying rage quit was not the reason for the fork mechanism to be developed or added, 
then why was it, is the question. And um, uh, there's, there's kind of broadly two vectors that, that, that it uh, came from. One vector, which kind of existed from the beginning as well, was that um, veto power has too much uh, absoluteness within the nouns governance is, is a viewpoint that people have. Uh, and, and I'm sympathetic to that view as well. Uh, even though uh, uh, I am more aligned with generally the the, the, the view view, actually I'm, I'm I'm part of the foundation board that that holds the multi sig for the veto. So like in general, I'm not as worried about the foundation going rogue or something. But at the same time, um, kind of an on chain native like we do everything on chain. We're in, in that way we're very kind of decentralized on chain maxi about things, and and for it to have this kind of like off chain organization holding a multi sig uh, that can veto every prop feels. Weird. So if ever the, the, the vetoer goes rogue, then what, what recourse does any uh, DAO member have was, was, was a valid question that we always never had an answer to. Um, and, and there were a group of people that were always doing research around what types of mechanisms could work. Uh, for an honest, minor, honest minority, if a vetoer goes rogue, uh, the Verbs team, uh, Elad and David, will ultimately... Uh, ship the fork mechanism were, were, um, uh, initially started research from that angle. They were like, what are, uh, uh, what are mechanisms uh, that, that would be able to kind of um, combat uh, a video going rogue? Was, so that's that one R&D and kind of like decentralization con concerns. <clears throat> the other side of the concern, which is ultimately what I think, if that was the only energy, I think it probably wouldn't have come to... Uh, 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 maybe wouldn't have been prioritized as much or like made it into the V3 upgrade, et cetera. Well, <clears throat> um, there was another energy uh, that I think I was mainly the champion of uh, and, and was starting to feel uh, fairly strongly at the beginning of the year, uh, which is that ultimately, if there is no way that uh, a fork could occur in a DAO, then there's a reduction of tolerance. Um, what, what do we mean by that? So, like, let me. <clears throat> so, so one analogy that I just want to say, before, as like a helpful context, is that I think of noun spending as closer to government spending and deciding what like what public goods a city needs, uh, than, um, th than like a uh, uh, venture fund. And, and, and so, so in that context, uh, what we need to optimize, in like, like a venture fund, you, you, you're not looking for some sort of, uh, uh, like compromises are not what you're looking for. Rather, you want people to hold um, uh, non-conventional views strongly uh, if they are well-informed and, and kind of uh, uh, that type of energy, like you need to disagree with the market. Uh, essentially. And, and so that's why ultimately small groups are usually the best funds, uh, whether it's a trading f firm or, or a venture fund, et cetera. And the decision making is, is, is very much in, in, in a kind of a, uh, in a small faction. In a political organization or political decision making process, that's not what, what you're going for. Uh, what, what you need is is for different disparate groups to continue to not break away and and believe that that they can actually work together and find compromises and and and, and like move forward. 
And um, uh, so, so like more, there needs to be a bit more tolerance for different opinions rather than people trying to uh, 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 kill each other all the time. And the, what, what I noticed at the kind of like uh, at the beginning of the year, or, or it was something that was brewing for, for a long, long time, but ultimately people were, uh, uh, like, like, without something at the forecast, basically people get into this existential like worry spiral, which is we had so many contentious votes that's always the case in nouns, but like so many v- props that were just determined by like one or two or like five votes. So basically, the two two part like kind of parties that I was describing, like mean value book value, were really toe to toe. So each side was always on the brink of feeling that like the majority will be overtaken by the other side, and that's really a toxic place for governance to occur. Um. Because then everyone is on some sort of like existential edge about like if it tips another 5% in the other direction, then every proposal from here on out will just be voted on by kind of that side's um, uh, 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 viewpoints. And my version of nouns will be lost. And like people will be like, oh, if you don't like it, you can sell and leave. But like, what if what I, what I want is not selling? What, what, what if I want is not like getting my money back, but rather... Uh, uh, being able to continue with my vision uh, of nouns. So the fork mechanism enables some ease. Like it, it reduces the existential anxiety on both sides because ultimately you can be like, okay, they might be 60%, 70%, whatever. But if they really start to not work with us and completely sabotage the direction that we, we believe in, then we could fork away. We'd have 30% of the treasury, but fine. Uh, we can still continue. Like, it is no longer uh, we, we maintain majority control or we die, but rather we continue to try work together, and if we can't, then we can continue. So um, uh, that was kind of like the, uh, the, the main reason that I think the much broader group of people ultimately became more convinced that something like the fork mechanism needs to exist for a better governance to um, uh, to emerge, and like even even I said that we need to like lean in and commit to certain directions and such. I, b- I still believe that as well. But but so so sometimes things should separate. But I'm sure even if we go down the mean value routes, that like eventually there will be differences that emerge there as well, and then uh, another kind of two parties that emerge that that are like existentially worried about each other. So then what what happens there? Like ultimately, it's not a one time thing. For, for noun style governance to to ultimately uh, work well long term, there has to be kind of a exit mechanism, exit and continue mechanism that that gives that increases tolerance of governance overall for the participants, and that's kind of that's how, really... how it started. How um, yeah, it's interesting because it, it is a little bit. I, I totally understand this logic. It's a little bit counterintuitive in the sense that you would think, okay, increase amount of tolerance within the organization for different viewpoints don't allow people to leave, then everyone has to work together. But but it, your approach is actually much more saying, no, if people don't have the, dis, the ability to fork and create their own version of this, if they don't have the ability to exit effectively from this sort of version of nouns and create their own version, 
Um, well, then that tolerance is sort of written off entirely in the sense that it's like, okay, well, my only option is to then exit nouns entirely or just be, you know, at the, the mercy of this, this other sort of faction of the DAO. Yeah. So, so you're, you're e either um, in the majority and, and then not worried or like in the minority or teetering on the minority and feeling existential angst. Uh, is and, and, and so, so one side is always in this terrible place that is not really good for governance because they're not in the mood to, to look at the other side with some sort of, like, not in the mood to collaborate or, or think about good intentions. Like, you, you, each side, like, and, and then starts to assume the bad intentions of everyone. And if, if trust erodes in that way, then there's nothing um, that really works. Yeah. And, and, um, and I recognize that this is like, so this is why mainly I think like a, a big part of what kind of why the uh, larger or, or why a lot of participants um, got behind this idea. And it was mainly the reason I was a very vocal proponent for the folk mechanism to be added. Uh, most people don't think about this or discuss this at the present moment because the present moment, it seems that the whole reason for the mechanism to exist is about arbitrage and people, it's like not, it's, it's the mechanism, the first fork is it's seemingly going to be used by people that are not interested in exit and continuing, but just interested in the exit and then, and then taking the proportional treasury out from there. And, and it seems like mainly what they want is their money back. And so like, there's this perception that the fork mechanism is, is, uh, is a mechanism that is just about that, of like enabling people to get their money back. And that was the reason why it was added, et cetera. But that's, that's not exactly true. Um, and right. also when we're thinking about governance mechanisms, like we have to think longer term. Um, uh, uh, like how it changes the substrate of the system overall for different users and different use cases into the future, not just how it will be used the first time. And also just, again, recognizing that like rage quit energy, there's always been rage quit energy. It didn't happen for a year and a half. So they, like, like, yeah, anyways. So that's, that's a little bit of an unfortunate reality uh, from my perspective at the current moment that it is kind of, understood and discussed as like a uh, uh, just like a slightly harder rage quit. Like like we just wanted to make rage quit a little bit harder. And that's why we made fork. And that's just not kind of um, the reality from my perspective. Yeah. So I want to talk about these two layers. First, I want to talk about the current fork. And then I want to talk about, you know, what it really looks like in the future to have these forks that are not that don't seem to just be doing the rage quit, but are instead actually continuing on with nouns in a different capacity. And what that means for provenance to me is like a really interesting question. But first, let's talk about the current fork. So, it, yeah, it seems like the, the current sort of state of affairs is basically that the fork that's happening right now is effectively going to result in, it seems like, a pretty large percentage of current noun holders um, forking, which means that, to your point, the nouns that they put in escrow um, will ultimately actually be sent back to NounsDAO, which seems like a whole other rabbit hole about what is nouns going to do with those, which I don't think we need to get into today. But um, it, it seems like the basic assumption right now is essentially that then that number, however many nouns end up going over, will basically get their proportion of the treasury. And the assumption is that they are then going to use that to basically say, okay, cool, 
I, a holder of a single noun who participated in this fork, um, will now get like 30 or 35 ETH or whatever, which is effectively my proportional share of the treasury. I'm probably cutting my losses. Maybe I'm not. For anyone who isn't familiar, just as a side note, this arb arbitrage situation is basically for people who bought a noun for, let's say, 20 ETH and now are getting 30 ETH as their proportional share of the treasury, which also seems like a whole other rabbit hole. But um, just to sort of touch base on that before we move on to what other forks look like, it seems like there's also a question about like whether or not that is actually what's going to happen. Like, is there a world in which this fork happens and it's not just an immediate rage quit mechanism where people get their money back? Like, does it turn into a venture fund where people care about, you know, the book value of nouns? And so they're just optimizing for that. Like, how certain is it that that rage quit mechanism is even the primary thing here? I'd love to see uh, an exit and continue uh, version of this fork. I'm not necessarily expecting that, um, but that would be an exciting thing. That would mean that the group of people that were unhappy actually had a different vision that they wanted to see happen. Um, but I think the reality is that likely more people are just uh, hoping to cut their losses uh, on, on an investment that they thought was um, uh, uh, would go in a certain direction. Um, and combined with, so, so, so we've, uh, we've signaled, we started working on the fork mechanism and, and all the work announced happens publicly. So the decision is made publicly, the work is happening publicly in an open source repo, et cetera. <clears throat> um, so people knew that this was coming and ultimately the timeline was roughly communicated as well. So from like the beginning of the year, let's say, most of the auctions have been being bought by people that were interested in the arbitrage. So let's say mm. the, the ultimate the kind of book value that is being proportionally given out in the fork is about 36 ETH. Um, and, the, and the kind of the auction price on average is probably around like 30 ETH or so. Um, uh, begin, once that kind of that signal was fully established. <clears throat> so the kind of year to date, maybe let's say like there's 200 nouns or so that has been kind of acquired in that way. That's kind of, in my, from my perspective, likely like half of the, of the about 400 or so nouns that are joining the fork. So like, um, th- so th- there is a, a whole cohort that is also not the arbitragers, but rather just people that bought some early period of the, of the, of the, of the project and now either want to cut their losses or feel disillusioned, et cetera, <clears throat> that, are, that, that, are, that, that are part of that. Um, and so if you think about it from like the, the actual members, not the arbitragers, probably like a third of the people um, that don't agree with the current direction or feel just want their money back, et cetera, are leaving. Um, and to some extent, that feels healthy to me. Um, like a, a project that has, has, has such an experimental project that didn't really know exactly what it wanted to be when it grew up. Um, after two years of going through also like a, a 90% drawdown in a bear market, uh, like a third of the people feeling like, ah, I just don't want to be part of this. Being able to express that collectively feels pretty healthy to me. Um, and so, uh, it's, uh, yeah, so I'm generally not expecting this group to, to have like its own energy and be like, actually, arbitrages, you guys leave, but like we should stay and do something. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not as expecting that, but it would be a cool thing to see. I mean, the, the main reason, it's kind of an interesting thing to think about here. Like, why um, fork is kind of interesting is <clears throat> nouns doesn't have uh, it, it's not like a DeFi protocol that has like a singular instance of that protocol that has liquidity. Um, 
you could say that now it has IP, but no, it actually doesn't because it's it's CCO. It's like it's everyone is allowed to do anything with with the IP. So like two instances of the DAO could have equally the same uh, 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 kind of they could continue to do whatever they want to do such as any other DAO that can try to do anything with a nouns meme as well. There's a lot of nouns derivatives as well. <clears throat> so actually a kind of a genuine fork and two, uh, 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 there's no kind of like singular switch that they're finding, fighting over, controls over. So they can actually genuinely, two visions can continue to coexist and, and kind of the market will determine which one is more valuable and legitimate. Uh, and, and in that way, it's very similar to um, a Bitcoin or a Ethereum fork, et cetera, uh, where ultimately what is the legitimate fork that is that's not determined by any sort of technical thing. Uh, it is determined by the market or users or kind of the collectively the ecosystem. Um, uh, and announced forks will likely experience the same thing as well. Um, and so if, let's say, uh, a future... Uh, uh, in, in the future, now they experience like some genuine fifty-one percent attack that somehow somehow somebody accumulated more than a majority of, of the votes. Then the only option that the um, honest minority has is to fork away, and likely the fork will remain more legitimate to, to the whole world, and has no loss of like like these important controls of the of the protocol that they are leaving behind because there's only one instance of it. That, that, that is not the case. So, so like genuine forks that are more akin to Bitcoin and Ethereum are possible in, in, in nouns because it is more of a cultural um, uh, brand than, than kind of a, um, uh, a, f- a financial protocol that has a, a single instance. And the cultural brand itself is intentionally CCO to facilitate these types of things. Totally. Yeah, there, there are a couple of interesting dynamics here. One being that like to the point earlier around provenance, you know, if you if you let's say in this example did actually have this fork become like a, okay we're in, we're really pushing the book value of downs we care a lot about this we're basically going to operate like a venture capital firm um whose signature matters and who people sort of see as the like canonical instance of nouns i think is really interesting in the sense that to your point around like you know looking at ethereum and ethereum classic it's pretty clear that ethereum the forked version has won in the sense that like when people say ethereum they're not talking about ethereum classic and there's very much a world in which that might have been the case um and so i think that's interesting and then the other interesting point around the financial protocol stuff and not actually holding you know protocol permissions is that no nouns does not hold protocol permissions but they i mean a 51% attack on the treasury would be pretty bad right like that even if the meme is strong, it does seem like, and maybe this is only in the short term, so I'd be curious if you think this is the case, but like the value of the treasury is certainly a large part of what's gotten nouns to where it is today and what, you know, I think continues to to support being excited about the future of what's possible with nouns. And so in that case, it does feel like there's a weird dynamic there around like, yeah, not there aren't protocol permissions, but the treasury is pretty damn important. Great questions. Um, the first part about, um, yeah, like which one will be chosen as legitimate, I think actually the question is a little bit less important than like Bitcoin or Ethereum, like uh, mm. because ultimately for like something like Ethereum, <clears throat> um, we do need to agree upon what the what the chain that we kind of consider canonical uh, is, or, or, or generally. <clears throat> um, uh, the two aren't really interoperable with each other, and that's not the intention. <clears throat> um, 
But in in a in a thing like nouns, uh, so you need to the nouns DAO and nouns are two separate things. I, th- I think this is also a misconception that people often have. People think about the mm. DAO as like nouns, but really nouns is a uh, Creative Commons zero brand that anyone can do anything with, and 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 so uh, ultimately the DAO itself does not have any. Um, exclusive claim on it. And also, the, the DAO members aren't the only people that care about nouns. Actually, I would argue that nouns is one of these like unique situations where it's an NFT project that actually has probably like orders of magnitude more fan bases than the actual owners. There's only probably, like, I, you know, there's 800 nouns. I'm, 400 of them are, are, are leaving. 200, there's a lot of multiple owners. So maybe there's like 100 nouns owners, but probably there's like, a thousand at least hardcore nouns fans and maybe 10,000 adjacent. So really that is nouns. Like if you think about the fan base as nouns or, 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 or those people, the citizens of like the nouns kind of nation or city, <clears throat> then that city is what nouns is about. The treasury is, as I said, it, it's a little bit more akin to like public good funding within the, within, within the ecosystem. A, a little bit more like the, the kind of the city's like budget to fund its roads and stuff. And a, a small group of people as, as kind of like have, have elected to be the, 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 the patron and kind of like the decision maker of which public goods get funded in that city. But that city is not the, 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 the kind of like the, the government spending does not define the city. The city is its own thing. And, and, and so in that way, there can be multiple public goods funding bodies within a city uh, that compete with different visions of the city and try to convince the citizens, the fans, uh, 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 what, you know, uh, who they should, the next generation of patrons, uh, which, which group should they join um, as like the, the legitimate uh, or, or competing. But, but, the, but I'm saying that it can coexist. It's, it's not like one or the other has to be selected at some point. Um, uh, uh, etc. So I think there's like a bit, bit of a nuanced difference here um, of the nouns fork than compared to the kind of a, a, a public blockchain fork. <clears throat> um, to your second question about the treasury, like isn't uh, uh, isn't like a, a 50% loss of a treasury a huge blow? And ultimately, like um, uh, even if an honest major- minority in the future experience of a 51% tax can leave, like wouldn't it still be um, uh, completely fatal? <clears throat> I totally disagree. Uh, because uh, I think there's like a perception that the treasury size is the most interesting thing about nouns, but I think that's what people that are really n- marginally interested about nouns think. Uh, in the same way that the people that are marginally interested about ETH think that the most interesting thing about Ethereum is ETH price. Uh, yes, that is like what people that are not Ethereum, uh, true Ethereum fans or believers uh care about the most and is perceived to be the most important thing. But when ETH price halves, does ETH kind of Ethereum's like future have or like does all the poor people and fans leave, uh, et cetera? Not really, because those people are not there for that reason. Um, uh, for those people, the thing that matters about nouns is, is more of the kind of Protocol properties, or 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 kind of the uh, uh, the, the culture of the people, like there and, and there's a lot of them uh, that, that are truly unique about nouns. For example, nouns uh, uh, is CCO. It, it, it has like a completely different approach to IP uh, uh, than than a lot of other NFT projects out there. And, and 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 another is that there is no 
uh, the daily kind of continuous issuance is another thing that's completely different. There is no like venture fundraise moment that like all, all these things happen in their central team that is managing all these things. It's genuinely uh, uh, much more decentralized and there is no kind of like central core team where like people are waiting around and, and being like uh, devs do something. So it's like in, in that way, like the really the, for the core, I, I think Nouns has had an incredible retention rate of people that are long-term players within Nouns um, uh, from my perspective. And I think one of the reasons is that actually it's an incredibly interesting and unique game where it's like a player-created universe. Um, uh, uh, the, the, the meta evolves without a, a singular designer or anyone that has um, uh, control over uh, the, the design space. And in that way, um, it, it, it really appeals to people that like player-created universes. And, and, and kind of it was like the promise of loot so like those people, uh, I, I think, are, are kind of intellectually more very much interested. And for them, Nouns is like the only thing that offers that. Like you don't get a player-created universe in the board. Ape. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. I don't know enough to, to comment on these things. But like my sense is that it's pretty rare uh, uh, to, to actually experience like a player-created universe um, uh, uh, in, in other kind of uh, crypto situations. And, and a, lot, a lot of people find their way to nouns. And most people don't, to be clear, aren't like fans of player-created universes. A lot of people <laughs> like to be players within universes that other people create. But if you are the type of person that does like it, then like nouns is like one of the only places, like, like, like it's a very, it, it, it has like a unique product market fit with those people. And so those people are not leaving. They're just... They're like stuck with this game until there's a better player-created universe, uh, but those are very rare and hard to create. So I think in that way, treasury is like one of the least important things um, uh, from my perspective for the longevity of nouns. And the most important thing is to maintain uh, this player-creative universe for the players. And there are ways that governance can kind of like fuck it up for them. Um, um, but to like not, if you don't fuck that up, then I think it, it has kind of almost an unstoppable energy from my perspective. Yeah. Okay. Final question for you before we wrap up. You know, in this context of like nouns as one of the, the few unique player created universes, I think the model, the nouns model is one of the things that makes that possible in the sense that like, yes, even if the treasury itself is not the most important thing, I think what loot got wrong was that it didn't have a treasury in the first place to be able to fund people to plug in who weren't just owners of loot. Like there's this whole need for a treasury to actually be able to create this universe. Um, over the last year, we've seen a ton of nounish DAOs pop up, um, which has been really exciting in the context of like people wanting to have revenue for their organization, which the nouns model provides by doing one a day and being able to sort of collectively manage that treasury. And that's all really exciting. Um, now it feels like we're seeing some of the parts about nounish DAOs that are more challenging in the context of like, okay, will you bring a bunch of people into this ecosystem and until you have this forking capability, you you start to see people with very different potential like incentives. And and you have that in typical governance as well, but like the one a day type of model just makes it harder in terms of a, a bunch of different things. And so I'm curious, as we wrap up, What's your take on like how often are nounish DAOs, also in the context of this, like not everyone wants to live in a player created universe, all that stuff. How often is the nounish DAO model the right one? And do you think it's been over or under applied in the ecosystem thus far? I think it's likely over applied. 
Um, and, and I think similarly to when like DAOs, like Compound DAO, like really started pro proliferate, I think people thought like we should use this thing for everything. I think now now has kind of had a similar modality, and and I don't think like most like let's say there's a business endeavor, um, you are um, trying to create uh, I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, so, so, so some typical thing where you would just like match a business to usually, then suddenly like a noun is like the right modality. No, again, like I think noun governance starts to mirror more like a political governance system and like politics is not way, uh, political governance systems are not a great way to run businesses. <clears throat> and ultimately, like the fork will not help that for you. Like fork will allow kind of tolerance and all these things and future compatibility, whatever. <clears throat> but like that's ultimately doesn't, doesn't solve the misfit. Uh, I think nouns works well when the thing that the Nounished DAO is trying to do is public goods funding for its universe. So like if it's trying to create a world and it is trying to fund public goods for that world uh, and, and you have some way of attract, you have a critical mass of players that want to play in that cre player created universe, then I think it starts to work. But, but that's a pretty high bar. And I don't think that happens very often. Um, like a loot-like moment, like a nouns-like moment, doesn't have to every, happen every day. So I, I just don't think that it, but, 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 but also that, that's, that's, not, that's not me saying that like this, this, this um, vehicle is not very important for the world. Like a Bitcoin or Ethereum like moment, like a public network that, that maybe has a, a, a chance to have kind of define its own kind of moneyness doesn't happen very often. Doesn't mean that it's not important. Uh, it just means that maybe it, it's like too important of a, of a thing that it doesn't occur all the time. Um, and so I, I think that's kind of how I, how, how, how I think about it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I also think like all that being said, there's always opportunities to borrow from nouns without using the exact same model, which is what I personally would love to see more of as opposed to just like doing pretty much the same implementation because ultimately governance is, is kind of forever for a lot of these orgs and, and hard to change. So, what, what, One more thing I just want to say about the continuous auction is because I think um, generally also, again, like the people that, you know, most people think about price. Most think, people think when you look at an auction mechanism, they think about the impact that it can have on price short term. Because, um, uh, like, the reality is that the way a lot of NFT projects end up having a large market cap is that they're issued at some price, it was low, uh, and then there's no more supply, people start buying, and the price goes up, and it's like this huge market cap thing. But in reality, how much, like, money did it take in uh, uh, is, is, is usually much lower. And in and, and, and that sense, like... The, the 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 kind of the continuous auction is like this really black hole for a lot of of um, buying demand uh, that that in the short term feels like it, it is like a huge dampener of like price mooning so so it feels like the antithesis of like what an NFT project is trying to do you have explicitly a mechanism that dampens price growth are you crazy like then the whole thing doesn't work, whatever. Or like, it, it feels like it's... It <clears throat> but again, if you think more long-term, if you actually want a player-created universe, then you want decentralized governance. And if you want decentralized governance, you can't have single point in time uh, token sales. Um, because that, that results in 
uh, one party or a few parties that had a lot of conviction at a specific point in time to indefinitely own a large part of governance. And I think that's a big part of why governance feels very dysfunctional, because most token sales that, that in token governance happen in distinct moments, uh, 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 in kind of arbitrary moments in time. And one of the reasons I think Nouns has a, I mean, you can say all sorts of things about why Nouns governance is, is, is dysfunctional. I don't think so, but you, you can argue that. But something you can't say is that we are uh, uh, like some sort of predetermined governance that happens in, in closed doors that like, you, you know, all the outcomes are determined. No, we fight it out on chain every day, every week. You have like five, tens of proposals, like, like, like. The, the multiple of them very contentious all the time because actually, like, even the, the nounder that has 10% of the issuance for the per, first five years only has 10%, and then, and then the next group probably has, like, 8%. The next group probably has, like, 6%. And, and, and they all disagree on things. So, like, really, the marginal votes matter. And, like, that's why we have... Uh, it's almost not even possible to predetermine the outcome of things. Like, so, so people just end up shipping it on chain and then we argue on chain. That's why we have like a very vibrant on chain vote with reason culture where like people write essays and we have like multiple governance clients where people like read up on like all the reasons that people wrote and then decide what the, how they will vote and like basically have this kind of like public conversation culture and a very uh, vibrant kind of um, uh, uh, governance conversation situation. And I think it's all downstream from a big part about the token distribution. And, and you, you just can't get it both ways. Like, you, you can't also have, like, a, a neat supply cap that, that you were able to kind of, uh, 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 kind of have this fixed amount at some point in time and, like, price goes up all, uh, the way that you want it to and also have decentralized governance um, uh, in, 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 in the kind of maximal way that you want it to. Like... And, and, and it, you kind of have to choose. And I think Nouns made a choice. And, and I, I, I think that it is the necessary choice if you want to create a player-created universe because that's the only way that people have agency. And that's the only way, reason people play. And uh, the, the bet is that long-term, the issuance would, would be much smaller percentages of, of it all. And that uh, ultimately what will matter is the momentum that the world has. And the, the player-created uh, world will have more momentum, more escape velocity than uh, the curated uh, worlds that centralized teams create. Totally. Yeah. And, and just as like a side note, I do think that the, the mechanism of like someone who bought a noun early for 100 ETH and someone who just bought a noun for 30 or whatever, having the same amount of governance power is, is also fascinating. And of course, you have a lot of people who own several nouns and, and that creates a weird dynamic. But like, I, I do think that there's an equalizing mechanism here that is really uh, powerful and interesting about nouns that a lot of other governance systems haven't quite figured out. So the auction mechanism in that way, I think, is really interesting, too, which, of course, you see with price changes over time. But um, something about the the sort of earlier supporters in the beginning having a much larger say and then over time being able to bring new entrants into the ecosystem is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, just to touch on the last point that you're talking about, um, uh, kind of equalizing voter. I think I think one of the uh, main criticisms about token governance and nouns is not immune from this uh, is the fact that it can be feel like a plutocracy, where basically you buy influence in this world, and so if you have more money, you have more influence, um, and. Uh, 
uh, I think that's a fair criticism and that it's real criticism. Um, uh, it's to some extent is, is a result of the fact that we don't have another way of creating a, a permissionless governance system uh, that is not civil attackable um, uh, in the on-chain world right now. Uh, uh, so, so, so in some, uh, to some extent, it is like the only, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, even if we wanted to have a political system, a governance system where kind of the number of identities that agree on a certain direction has weight more than just the amount of, of, of tokens that they bought, even if we want to create something like that, it's, it's very, very hard without introducing uh, kind of elements of, of, of um, kind of non kind of permissionedness, I think I think optimism makes a different trade here by saying that 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 uh, uh, kind of an, uh, one kind of the um, side of the governance is is permissioned and uh, uh, people have to kind of be selected to be part of that group and and so they they trade that off. I think now is a little bit un- or, or rather yeah yeah so so it really is doesn't come uh, 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 cheap and. I actually think that fork is kind of our answer to this issue as well, in the sense that ultimately the fans and culture can often be a minority voting part uh, kind of power within a plutocracy where like wealth is often more um, uh, related to uh, just people that might be looking for a financial outcome, et cetera. And so then in a system that does not have the fork, then it, it is a system that is a little bit more like a captured monopoly or, or a, a captured plutocracy. But but when the fan base and the honest minority has a, a plausible um, uh, exit valve where they can exit and continue, then the, uh, let's say, uh, a kind of a more financially minded majority has to keep their kind of powers in check or else the, ultimately the, 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 the culture... Uh, might leave and they might be left with something that is worth nothing. So it kind of like equalizes the plutocracy a little bit uh, to to um, uh, to the other side. And I think it's kind of our answer to the, the plutocracy question as well. Yeah, well, and, and this is truly the the most interesting thing to me about the fork in general, which is actually that like part of the weird dynamic here is that I think when you had a bunch of people in the early days who were bought in. Like, I remember the, the early conversations were like, well, nouns are expensive now, but it'll be more accessible later. And the interesting dynamic there is like, oh, it, it sort of equalizes the playing field a little bit. And ultimately, over time, you know, people get an early influence now, but later on, it will be something that people can can get into. And, and now we're watching that play out, of course, where people are like, the book value needs to be higher. And, and, and it makes sense from a governance perspective, but there is an interesting dynamic, I think, at play there where, yeah, you have this weird uh, sort of like dance between saying, OK, well, we want the people who, you know, aren't able to spend 150 ETH or 100 ETH or whatever on a noun to be able to uh, engage and build culture. And these people are providing real value and they might do that through props as well. And that's sort of a separate thing. Um on the flip side, you also have this weird dynamic where it's like, well, people who bought in for a lot of money and people who who um, basically the people who bought in for a lot of money now created a treasury where like, yeah, you basically can arbit. At the same time, some of that dynamic is actually kind of what you want in the sense that you want it to be more accessible for people. So it's interesting to watch this whole experiment play out in real time um, and sort of start to see some of the dynamics that emerge around it. I think nouns is a 
fascinating experiment and not just in the sense of public goods funding, but also in the sense of just like mechanism design. It's, it's fascinating to watch this stuff happen. Absolutely. It's the most interesting thing from my perspective. Uh, uh, it, it has, it has captured my attention and imagination for full two plus years. Um, like nothing <laughs> has. Uh, and in a way I think this is, like, like another re- an additional reason that I'm bullish about nouns long term is that uh, I kind of after having spent two years in nouns now like subreddits seem a little boring to me. Mm, interesting. Like what what happens there? People just share photos and talk to each other. Um, what 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 what? what they don't have an additional dimension that feels a little flat. Like what, what's going on? That feels a little wrong. Why don't have, why don't they have some ability to like do something more than just share uh, packets of data with each other? Um, and it feels almost like wrong to me these days or, or just like a lot of other uh, internet worlds that used to be more interesting to me seem more flat. Totally. <laughs> and so Partly, um, uh, another thing that is kind of convincing to me about now is that I think it's just very compelling as like a, a, a kind of a source of entertainment or, or like kind of um, fascination that, that, that is just like has like a totally unfair advantage over non-on-chain communities uh, that where like people are just kind of living in different fiefdoms that are controlled by different people and like don't have assets and like don't have ways to like build or coordinate. Um, it, it just to me it feels like almost inevitable that most people in in uh, will come to find this thing much more fascinating as it becomes more accessible. Totally. Yeah. Well, this conversation was so interesting. I so appreciate you coming on the pod. Where can people uh, learn more about what you're doing in the Nouns ecosystem, read your takes, all of the things? Uh, I'm Noun40, uh, double underscore, um, on Twitter. Uh, also, shout out, uh, Farcaster Nouns channel is like very popping these days. People should definitely come over there. Um, I think it's it's like a really good middle ground between Twitter and Discord, where like Discord is uh, it doesn't scale at some point. Twitter, like you can't really have a focused community conversation because your tweets drown and you kind of feel like you're shouting into the ether when you want to talk to a specific community. And like Farcaster channels have been incredible for that. And so the Nouns channel on Farcaster is really, I think, where um, a lot of the public conversation. There's always there will always be private conversations within nouns. Like a lot of people have re- real friendships and calls and group chats and all those things will always be true. But there will has to be a public conversation space. And I think we've never been happy with one, and we've been pretty happy with uh, the Farcaster channel um, for nouns. So people should find us there. And um, I'm there pretty uh, all the time. So yeah, you can interact with me there. Beautiful. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod. This was so fun to jam. Mm -hmm.